everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about the quote-unquote world's best thief, magic apple tags, totally not a problem at all, not toxic and terrible, and a school dance at Granny's because we can't afford any high school extras. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Deprived of... A storybook high school dance, Beth, is how I'm doing. I would have loved to see what a bunch of storybook characters put together for school dance. Yeah, like the storybook teen ball. Like it's it's you know, it's almost like a like a debutante situation. I would have loved that, because it everyone would have had a different themed gown. From whatever was in the closet, um, the uh, costume closet that is for Once Upon a Time. But, like, could you imagine just how no theme would have been, like, made at all? It would have just been, like, a theme was attempted. Like, we're going to do Under the Sea, and it was cute. And then, like, the the Leagues Under the Sea guys would get involved and be like, no, the sea is a cruel mistress. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then all the all the mermaids would be like, um, this is not accurate to our life experience, and we find this to be cultural appropriation. Like, exactly. They're, just, they're, just, they're picketing out front. Um, but no, like, because they... Fish they, are friends, <laughs> not prom. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, no, that, that would have been amazing. I mean, we invoke 80s movies and everything in this mm-hmm. and we don't we don't get it and i'm so sad we don't and we don't get it in season six episode eight i'll be your mirror which was written by jerome schwartz and leah fong and directed by jennifer lynch so a rare episode directed by a woman um the, the episode's fine but i'm just gonna say at the beginning as we go on this adventure this is probably one of the worst episode titles i've ever seen on this show if not the worst it, i didn't yeah, what was this? It makes no sense. That no, at no point does anyone ever say, I'll be your mirror. It doesn't seem to relate to any John Hughes movies, at least not to my recollection. If somebody, you know, feel free to point that out in our no. Patreon comments if there's something else going on that I'm missing. But it's like, all I keep hearing is, I just keep hearing from Tombstone, I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> I'll be your mirror. That'd be so great. Well, I thought that we were going to get some sort of, like, awesome speech. Like, we get really close to it when Regina and Emma are talking about, like, Regina is struggling to be, like, she doesn't want to be alone with Henry. She's worried she's going to be a bad mom. And I Mm -hmm. thought that we were going to get, like, a, no, I'll be here. Like, I'll be your mirror. I will be your reflect. Like, I thought we were going to get some sort of deep conversation about, like, being a mirror to somebody. And we just, we never got to it. Yeah, because there's this whole thing about Regina and the evil queen essentially being like, they are the mere reflection of each other. And yeah, if we got that interesting narrative element, it could have been something cool. Uh, on that note, I, I was talking with my husband about this episode earlier, and I said, if this episode had been released 10 years later, which would be like in the now, mm-hmm. this would have been the episode where Emma and Regina got together. Oh, for sure. For sure. This is the enemies to lovers thrust into a situation out of their control. The two moms need to protect their son. Their their son only wants to protect them. And they come together in the end and realize Henry's all grown up. And who do they have? They have each other. They have each other. 
just in fact amazing <laughs> when i was googling this episode on my phone you know when you google and there's always like a couple questions underneath yeah when i when i googled this episode one of the first like follow-up questions underneath was do emma and regina get together it's like we're not the only ones who felt this way about this episode no they definitely like that episode and just like all leading up to about these points, it's a very, I, I don't know if they, I feel, I can't tell if they're doing it on purpose or not, or if it was just how the actors were playing. I, I genuinely don't know, but yeah, this would have been they the episode. They were just feeling real close this episode. Maybe they, maybe they went for a spa day off camera. Yeah. There's, there's a spa like in the mirror world. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead, uh, Abby, and we're going to start with you and our little preface, our little scene setter, our story setting with Snow and David, our wonderful little music montage set to lovely 2010s uh, folk pop tunes as they um, they go about their their new their new reality in montage form. They're in a long distance relationship, but they've never been closer to each other. Oh, and so the whole thing is they're learning to live their new normal. And it's so based on the timeline and the way that this plays out, it makes it seem like it's like a week or two weeks of sleeping, not sleeping, whatever. I can't tell. But then it makes it seem like it's only been a couple of days. So I'm like, <laughs> have they just been like going to sleep and waking up in like hourly shifts? It kind of felt that way. I, it looked like one day to me. Yeah. I'm like, is this the same day? So so Charming and just to, in case for some reason you've skipped ahead or this is your first episode, Snow and Charming Welcome. are in the middle of a curse in which one of them, if one of them is awake, the other one is asleep. So they just like, bed is home base. So like mm-hmm. when they, they will lay there, they will kiss the other one, they'll, they'll fall down. They'll fall down asleep in always a very graceful way. I feel like I would, if it was me, I'd have like, it'd be like that kiss and I would linger for like one second too long to see if I could catch them. And I would just like pass out on top of my husband <laughs> and he'd be like, oh God, get off and then throw me across the room. Just, eh. But they're doing like a little montage thing where she's awake, she does dishes, she takes care of, she takes care of the baby. And then she writes him a cute little note or records a little voice or a video on the phone and then gives him a kiss and he wakes up and they do a different kind of routine. Same thing though, note, videos, kiss, goes to sleep. They do this about four times in the montage, but again, it's it's the same day. I didn't clock if they changed outfits enough. No. And, and yeah, and Charming gets her flowers at one point and he makes her pancakes and there's, there's, so... There, I feel like there were two missed opportunities here because I liked what they were going for. And I felt like this was an interesting way to go about it. And it definitely felt like a different director was stepping in to try something new. Um, the first missed opportunity was in the notes because the only interactions that they give to each other are, we're going to beat this. I miss you. Yes, we're going to survive. I would have loved like, you know, for those who've been in a long distance relationship, I've been in a couple. Tim and I were a long distance relationship for a couple of months when he was in Chicago and I was in Texas. You don't just say, I miss you. We're going to beat this. We're going to get through. We're going to be back together. You also just share random shit about your day. You can say things like, hey, your butt looks cute or, you know, or like I went to the market and uh, there was a and, and Dopey was 
you know, coming back from college and 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 hanging out. With, oh, I don't want to talk about Dopey because the actor is bad news bears. Let's just say Sneezy. There we go. Uh, sneezed all over the vegetables. No. And it was a whole whole big mess. It was a huge drama, huge scandal. And so I would have just loved a little bit more of an actual like realistic long distance interplay. Um, yeah. Just, you know, to, to more just to more kind of set the scene. The other missed opportunity is I lost it. <laughs> it's I'll there you, in my mind. And my I'll heart. let you think about it because I okay. when you said the notes thing, it did make me laugh because you're right. It sounded like predictive text was texting mm-hmm. like, you know, like if, if I was in a long distance relationship and I was only taking what my iPhone suggested I sent because it's all just yeah. like, yay, uh-huh, emoji. You're right. I want funny little drawings. I want little inside jokes. I feel like Snow, first of all, I feel like Charming would have been the one just writing like real short things. But then Snow is leaving like a 16 page front and back <laughs> letter about her trip to the store while she dissects mm-hmm. why Sneezy would dare go near the vegetables um, with it with his condition. But also, like, again, the funny ones. I don't know if this is a thing that is universal to girls um, everywhere. Uh, but I used to, like, when I would go out drinking before I, like, moved in with my husband uh, when we were dating, I would call him and leave him voicemails and just leave him a laundry list of everything in order that I drank. Like, it was like, <laughs> I went out tonight. I had an apple teeny. I had two lemon shots. I had something that was in a cup but was pretty good. But Katie gave it to me so it's safe. Blah, blah, blah. Just a list of everything I drank, I would do this all the time. I had no intention of ever doing it, but it was just some sort of weird instinctual thing I would do to give him the list in case I came up missing and he needed to give it to the news. Apple teeny and lemon drops. This had to have been like, what, 2007? We started dating in 2007. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> beep, Apple teenies okay, are so- nasty, at least in the college town I was in. They were never made correctly. They were just oh, green God. and they tasted like jet fuel. <laughs> oh god. So the other the other the other miss opportunity, because I did remember it, is so I kind of want to just wrap up the snow charming yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what happens is Snow gets bummed at one point and just goes, This sucks, and like tries to write a note, doesn't, crumples it and goes to sleep, and then he wakes up and He's like, I miss you too. Like they're they're so unbonded. I actually kind of would have liked if we'd had a conflict of this is actually helping their marriage. <laughs> because that's what they yeah. set up. Yeah. They Agreed. set up like an absence makes the heart grow fonder situation. Like, you know, it could be a conflict of, you know, we've been we've been this unit for so long. I didn't know what my identity was like apart from this, apart from my Prince Charming. And now I get to know a little bit more, more about me. Yeah. She could go out with the girls. She could go out with the ladies who tavern and and recognize that. On that note, there's actually is a couple deleted scenes or rather like okay. deleted extended scenes in this one. And there's one that provides a lot of context to the scene that I think was lacking for taking out, although it goes against the intention I wanted. So apparently there's a reason that Mary Margaret got so upset. Okay. It's because she was telling Neil a story about how her and and Charming met. Because, you know, she only knows yeah. one story and it's that one. And apparently Neil says his first word in response. And so she's happy, but then she's upset because Charming wasn't there to hear it. Oh. And that's what sets her in that that downward spiral. 
which mm. if they'd done that, it would have made a hell of a lot more sense to me. Yeah, At this I agree. Point, it just like it just felt like a, a quick t- heel turn, and she just got bummed. Yeah, I just feel like they didn't explore this enough. And I understand we talked about this last episode that this was this was clearly done to to free up the actors' time just a little bit, um, mm-hmm. space them out a bit, which is fine. But if you're going to do that, we should explore the storyline correctly. Um, and again, and and I won't say I won't say much more on this because we've now talked longer than Snow and Charming were in this episode at all um, true but i i will tell you the and obviously this would have never happened but again if my husband and i were under this curse i would have at one point weekends at bernie's him i'd have like drug him out of that bed put a pair of sunglasses on him and made him sit and watch like real housewives with me or something <laughs> <laughs> just so i could talk to him or just go to the evil queen and be like we figured it out on our own he's fine <laughs> It's a video and it's just him being marionetted and he's just like, we'll stop you. I always find her. We beat this. And she's like, what's going on? His head lolls back. So that's where the charmings are. Yes. Um, And there there is a moment when Snow White realizes, she looks in a mirror and she realizes the evil queen is watching through a mirror. So she smashes it. And I'm like, I would have loved that. That looks fun. I love this version of Snow, by the way. Because there is just this venomous part of her that mm-hmm. she forgives Regina, but not the evil queen. And it's just, I thought she was going to leap at the mirror. She just looked fully feral in yeah. that moment. I loved that just this glimpse behind the curtain, the wall that Snow keeps up in front of her emotions. Well, in, after they smash the mirror, they start trying trying to figure out what they can do. And Emma Emma's genius plan is the dragon. Yeah. And she's been trying to call him and he's not answering. Oh. This felt very stupid to me because I feel like there's like 40 other options before this random guy that happens to be in this episode. This is one of those times where the narrative plot convenience does not line up with the logic of the of the episode or the logic of life. No, none of this made any sense. It was just a, hey, I think we can get this person and let's make it so they can't think of anything else. Mm -hmm. And again, this has been my complaint for a number of seasons. I think maybe the whole show is they always just have one idea and it's always a good idea. And then they do that idea. And sure, there might be some hiccups, but at no point did anyone go, hey, Maybe that's a dumbass idea. Maybe let's do a different, easier thing instead of getting a person who does not live in town using my son as bait and involving a bunch of other crime. Maybe there's a different way to do this. Well, they actually do come up with a second plan in this situation. Regina says, well, maybe we can't defeat the evil queen. We can't figure out a way to wake up Snow and Charming, but we can trap the evil queen in a mirror. Let's try that. And all of this just felt like this ep- felt this episode felt like it was written for Sydney to come back, and then Sydney didn't come back. Correct. And they had to rewrite it. Yeah, they were just like they had the whole thing. You know what? That does make sense. They do mention him at one point, but you're right. Yeah, because none of it makes sense as to why the dragon is then there. Yeah, Whatever. because she dis- she freaking disintegrated him. She didn't send him into a mirror. She turned him to ash. Yeah. And how so, if she turned him to ash, how does she have his heart? Yeah, correct, correct. This is the correct thing. They thought they could get Sydney, then they couldn't. Because I think the last time we saw Sydney, he was like real far away. Because yeah. they, they shot it in like a broom closet on whatever project he was probably working on at the time. 
Yeah, and I mean, y- you can't fault the actor for that. Mm-mm. Like he's he is no no no. You know, Giovanni, whatever his name, like he's he's doing very well for himself. No, I would never, mostly out of fear. Like, <laughs> I feel like if you criticize him, he'll just like he'll appear behind me in the thing, and I'll just be gone. Like. <laughs> So the plan is to use a mirror to uh, trap the evil queen or as she is often called, at least in the Once Upon a Time wiki, she is coined the Serum Queen, which I hate <laughs> with a fiery oh. passion. Oh, oh, that's she upsetting. The, right? Oh. She is the, <laughs> I've seen this nowhere else other than the Once the Upon a Time wiki. queen. I that think one sounds, fan decided that was her name. That sounds like some sort of like, I I don't even know. But now I just have, oh no, what's the musical where they have, you know, comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? That was what it invoked in my brain for some reason. Has nothing to do oh, with it. Oh, yeah. Oh Repo. my God. What a wild time. I need to go back. Go back in the Repo, way back the genetic machine. opera. That's what it is. Thank you. I was yeah. like, I, I can hear it in my brain. Serum queen. I hate that. Um, moving Gotta on. Goth opera. Goth opera. Goth. And she's got the goth look on this episode. She looks, dare I say, like her mother. She's got she the collar. She's got the cupcake dress, but like gothic. We love and this. she was embodying Cora in this yeah. episode. And I actually, that is something I really liked about her mm-hmm. storyline in this episode. Uh, and something I think that was really smart of the writers to do. So the they'd use Henry as bait to lure the evil queen out onto the beach. Finally, we're on location somewhere. Yippee a parade. Um, but it doesn't work because apparently the queen had already thought of this. She's 40 steps ahead of literally everybody. Uh, she is the... <laughs> She is the absolute in Baldur's Gate three. She's got all the plans already, and you cannot. She she sees everything. She listen. Rumple was her teacher. She is so far ahead, and it's such a goofy scene because she's like, "I have a mirror." You mean this mirror? And it's just like that's the scene. The scene is I got it. No, you don't. I've got it. Oh, again, we have poofing abilities. Regina, poof it away. (laughs) Poof it back from her. (laughs) What's happening? Everyone can poof things. Just poof all the time. Poof, 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 um, Side note, the mirror that was used was apparently the one that Sydney had in season one when he turned into oh. the, man in the, the, the man in the mirror. I don't know if that's... But I think it's on purpose because apparently one of the mirrors in the mirror world was like a repainted version of the first mirror that we see Sydney in in episode one. So again... All signs are pointing to yeah. this was supposed to be Sydney's big cameo For return, sure. and it just did not pan out. Um, so yeah, so Emma and Regina are sent into the uh, mirror world, and they're trapped. Oh no! Yeah. And Regina disguises the evil queen disguises herself as Regina in the same pantsuit, but with a little bit more edge and a little bit more evil cleavage. Like they amped up. She pushed the girls up a little bit. You got to give her props for that. It was, it was, what what year was this? 2016? That girl's in a water bra. She was like, what's this? No. Sensible bra? Absolutely <laughs> not. Water bra it is. <laughs> and Henry is sad because Violet ha- um, hasn't shown up for their, for their latest couple of dates. She gives a shit excuse later, but we're just going to ignore that. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, Evil Queen Regina shows up and just basically is like, uh, she's a peasant. You're like the lord of the land. If she doesn't want you, I'm going to rip out her heart and make her love you. I mean, you're too good for her. You want to be a king? I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a castle. Yeah. Don't don't worry. Well, it's fine, honey. And like she's doing toxic boy mom. I know we talked about this last episode. She's doing yes. toxic boy mom. She's like, 100%. honey, no one could ever love you enough because you are a king. You are, you are, you are him. You have no e- equal, no peerage. You stand alone. If she doesn't like your movies, if she does not like this Sir John Hughes, tis a fault of her own and not of yours. Cast her aside. Throw, throw her to the lions. Where's my den? We will all watch and clap as we go. We'll all thumbs down at the appropriate moment. Get the lions. <laughs> uh, for our younger audience, uh, that was a reference to the Russell Crowe film Gladiator. <laughs> Just imagining <laughs> Violet as the gladiator now. <laughs> Violet's walking Phoenix. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right. So Violet does eventually show up and he gives her a rose that Regina provided. But there's a catch because as Henry was walking over to Violet, Regina said something about Henry's posture and as was explicitly shown in the previously on, because we're too stupid to put two and two together, that's a thing the evil queen did. And so Henry immediately realizes that's not his mom. The mirror debacle must have debacled and things have gone awry. So he starts doing like this thing to Violet where he's like, smile and pretend we're getting along super great. And uh, that's not my mom. It's the evil queen. Uh, We need to get away for a minute so I can do some do something don't quite know what uh can you make a a convincing distraction and then she goes i know i hate this dress there's another one let's go look at dresses let's go look at the shop window and then he's like great job you're such a good liar i'm like no she's not no she's not um a number of things about this whole situation first of all why are we meeting at granny's um Good question. What's going on? Secondly, also the subtle shade of Regina to be like, here, give this to your beloved. A white rose. A white rose of friendship. She is your best friend. She is nothing more. Give her this white rose. Um, And also, just to really dive into the evil queen here for a moment, we're going to take a moment. Everybody, everybody listening, posture check. If we're slouching, we got to sit up. We're all going to be like all weird and shaped in our in our old years for being in a computer. But anyway, posture check. I am the evil queen for a moment. Don't trust me. It's fine. Everyone get that little that little thing that you see on uh on Instagram ads, the little oh. little button that you put on your back and it buzzes if you slouch. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, well, like apparently the original versions like literally gave you an electric shock. Like oh. they had to like tone it down cuz like people were getting hurt. I need to sit up straight, but I've accidentally severed my spinal column. (laughs) I've overcorrected in the worst possible way. So, yeah. So, they're going to go look at dresses in a shop window at nine at night instead of... They didn't Mm -hmm. even eat food. Like... I I couldn't imagine being like, I'm going to my first... She thinks it's a ball. She's like, oh, it's like a ball. And he's like, absolutely. Please meet me at the diner. We're going to have reheated lasagna for the ball because they're not going to feed us because American balls, they don't feed you there. They just, 
you just go and drink drink punch from a giant bowl and you can't trust it you can't trust no. it for a number of reasons one for sanitary reasons but also because again we've invoked the 80s someone fully poured the worst alcohol they could find or get their hands on into that punch Yes, so this episode suffers a lot from serious budget constraints. This one feels it really badly. And I I can't help but wonder if we hadn't spent all that time and money on the really bad Mushu dragon, if we could have spent that money to actually give us a school dance in Storybrooke. The shit we care about. There's, I think it's one of those moments where if they have a decision to make budget-wise, and I'm not saying that they were like, guys, school dance, dragon, what do we do? (laughs) But if they did, I think it's a point where you have to go back to your base code and say, what is the formula here? And what made the show successful? And it's a, what if fairy tale characters were in real life? And I don't want to see them in this mystical mirror land that we question mark I don't think we ever see again and if we do it's probably for like a hot second uh for plot reasons and like a wrap-up of the season but like I don't want to see that I was enjoying watching the characters struggle in current America like I don't care about weird mirror land and a big dragon it's cool but I would rather see streamers and a bunch of like different kind of dances from different lands of untold stories and such. Like just, I, I don't know. I think it'd have been cheaper and more fun. I agree. I mean, I will say like Emma and Regina end up in this mirror world. It's the world behind the mirror. And essentially it's just an entire forest of mirrors and each one will show you a different, a different place More specifically, a different once upon a time cameo looking in a mirror and doing something really weird for some reason. And I thought this whole setup was really cool. And it felt like a callback to some of the more, honestly, it felt like a callback to once upon a time in Wonderland that got a little bit more experimental with its, with its abstract visuals. Um, And while they're there, they're just kind of getting a little frustrated and desperate, don't know what to do, but they are trying to find a solution. And luckily the dragon shows up and he's like, I'm here too. It totally makes sense narratively. I'm just going to explain it for a second and we're going to move on. And then I'm going to take you to this gazebo that was the home of, of Sydney, the man you, Regina, imprisoned in here. This is how he lived. For a very long time. And in no way are we ever going to acknowledge that. No, we're not going to acknowledge that. Regina's not going to go, oh, oh. Because obviously she's never been here. Um, But I did start laughing about this because there was one mirror that she called on him the most with. But she did often invoke him from different mirrors. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine he's chilling in his gazebo? Just like... I don't know, playing Candy Crush on his phone or whatever he was doing to pass the time. And then he just hears her, like, speaking to him. And he has to, like, sprint around <laughs> to figure out what mirror she's at. And and then he'd be like, oh, oh, oh I found her. Okay. <laughs> yes, my queen. Like, he has to, like, bring his heart rate down to be able to answer her. He can't seem flustered in any way, shape, or form. Like, that, that idea made me uh, giggle quite a bit. <laughs> 
And we have a potential solution in that there is a broken mirror that the dragon believes if it's put together, it will it can be a portal out. And we get this weird, like, silent moment between Regina and Emma. We're like, we're just going to work together and put this mirror together. And we're just like vibing. And it's great. Everything's going to be fine. So we're going to figure out this problem and it's going to be great. Meanwhile, evil queen Regina, see this. <laughs> The serum queen. The serum queen. <laughs> um, Sounds like an Instagram goes, influencer who is selling you hair products you do not need. Or like a face yeah. skincare. Or someone who really doesn't like vaccinations. Oh, that's the less fun way. <laughs> but also has but also has skincare. She's really, yes. really anti-vax, but also very into not getting crow's feet. I mean, I will, I will say, you guys, the uh, new age to conspiracy theorist pipeline, not a myth. It's a real thing. It's be mindful. Yeah, be mindful, guys. Con- be mindful of the information you consume. They sneak it in. They sneak it in real quietly. They, they do. Anyway, so Regi- Evil Queen Regina, the serum queen, goes to visit Rumple at his shop, and she. <laughs> And yet, uh, one uh, throw-up session later, she gets the Hammer of Hephaestus, which Rumpel just has. And we don't and explain. And it also, it also looks like it's made out of cardboard. <laughs> like, it's, Listen. it looks like it's made out of foam. It's so, it's such a bad prop. Guys, this is the blacksmith of the gods. This, 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 this hammer, this blacksmithing hammer. Should be mighty, horrifying mm-hmm. to behold, un unable to be held by mere mortals, and the hand hold it up, and it looks like a ball peen hammer. It is just this little dorky thing. And I'm like, no, this man was not crafting Zeus's lightning bolts with this thing. No, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, we just don't. We couldn't have thought of something else. Because we also, again, we do not explain it. She just says it like it's a thing in the, uh, just, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. She just thinks, like, it's a word in the ether, like a term that we all know. Hammer of Thor, your your regular everyday watcher will know. The thing that stands out to me is, the reason that she wants this hammer, because she doesn't make it clear at the beginning. It's only when it's convenient to the plot. Is that she wants Henry, she's testing Henry. She wants him to smash the heart, to use the hammer to smash the heart to save his moms. and Because she's trying to darken his heart. She's trying to turn him into the prince she's always wanted. The son, she's she's Cora, and she's trying to mold yeah, her child correct. in the way Cora did to her. But the thing is, is you don't need the hammer for that. In fact, it would make a hell of a lot more narrative sense if she had Henry crush the heart because other people, you don't need magic to crush a heart. We've had, we've seen other people crush hearts before. And so I'm just like, I'm kind of flabbergasted as to why the hammer's there, but I also know the answer. It's so Henry can smash the mirror. Yeah. yeah, uh, He can smash the mirror. Like, but we also like you're right. There's no reason you anyone can crush a heart. That's just how it is. My dog's barking. Uh, anyone can break. Like I, whatever. 
But again, he's like, yes, it's so magic user. People who don't have magic can use it. Why is, why is, why is that hammer that thing? We couldn't have just made something else up because it actually doesn't make any sense with the lore they pulled in randomly. And, or why couldn't she just go to the Storybrooke hardware store that we see in this episode? We see a sign for Storybrooke hardware and just get a freaking sledgehammer. Like, it doesn't need to be the hammer of Hephaestus. There's literally no reason to do that because you don't need a special heart, a special hammer to crush this heart. I'm double checking. I'm check. I I looked on the wiki page just to make sure that there's not like a, and this hammer was bequeathed to him because he couldn't use a regular hammer because he was so cool and ripped. It's just <laughs> characterized by a hammer or some other crafting tools. Could you imagine? I actually, Regina, I don't have the hammer. I do have his anvil though. So you're gonna have to carry that though. I don't have any of my lifting equipment though. So good luck. <laughs> But it's okay, because luckily for you, this was a prop, so it's made of foam. So you can just, like, lift it with, like, two fingers. Yeah, it's great. And after this, it does say Acme on the side, so just cheat that <laughs> away. So, stole this from a coyote chasing a roadrunner. It's a whole thing. It, it's an untold story that we're not going to get to. Um, but, yeah, we're he, he wants her to crush the heart. Would crushing the heart, because you were put in some sort of uh, weird Sophie's Choice situation by... Um, someone else and given a no-win situation would this darken your heart that's a good question but we've seen that happen with Cora and Regina before but in those situations it was better written than this one correct so like this one does does not hold a candle it also could be said it could be defended that Cora was a fully realized person who had ripped out her own part so she didn't have it wasn't that she was half a person. It's that she had willingly taken the emotion, the emotions, uh, emotional part of herself and locked it away. So she was still fully realized. The serum queen is literally half of a person. And she's just the id part. So maybe she's just, as much as she thinks she's in control of things, when it comes to issues of like manipulating people, maybe that needs the Regina element of it. But I'm trying to justify something that I don't think is justifiable. I think it's just bad writing. No, no, but I get you. I get you. Because this is what I was talking about before, which I wish Regina didn't have, like, I wish Regina was obviously missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, Like when she's talking about how she doesn't want to raise Henry alone and she's afraid and all that stuff. I wish there was a part of that that was just like, if she got towards that emotion, it was just gone. Because uh, quite a bit of what makes Regina Regina is her fire. And you, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. Your first thought is your programming. So, like, sometimes, like, if you were, if you grew up in kind of a toxic environment or with, like, obviously, we're millennials, so we have, like, very conflicting ideas about bodies. And all of us have had to try to train ourselves out of them. But a lot of times you have these, like, first instinctual thoughts that you have to be like, no, no. No, no, we're going to think of beyond that. But sometimes they just pop up. They're weird, intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's what Re- Regina needs to work past those. And she thinks that that is a, um, it's, that's a fault of hers. And it's not a fault of hers. It's a fault that her mother 
pushed her towards and she dove into out of desperation and she's moving away from that. Cutting it out of you, obviously, is the story of this whole thing is that it's not something that you can get rid of. But we never see that as being something that she's lacking in the show. She's still a full person. That is the crux of the matter is that the show and I don't feel like this is Lana Perilla's fault because I think if you gave her the right direction she would do this she would do the job I think it's the fault of the way that the story is structured the way that her character is written Regina does not show enough if any signs of being separated from half of herself yeah like you know, as much as I, I bag on Charmed because Charmed, the original Charmed and the reboot were bad shows, like there there is a whole thing where when one character, Piper, I think, is like cut off from part of herself, she literally becomes like this happy-go-lucky person because the pain has been taken away. And so she is half a person. She's only half of her emotional self. Yeah. And we don't see that with Regina. Regina seems fine. Regina also still seems to have those darker tendencies. But we also, we get close to it because there's a part where, so, so there's a part where Regina like kind of gives up, like instead of like going out to do something or like, she's going to, no, she's going to run out and like basically sacrifice herself. And Emma's just like, why do you keep trying to die? And Regina's like, oh, because I can't do this by myself. I can't, I can't, whatever. They get so close to like having a conversation where Emma could look at her and go, this isn't you. You would never sacrifice yourself like this. You would crawl mm-hmm. over my dead body to get to make sure that your son was safe and well taken care of, specifically by you, because you know who he's being cared for by at the moment. Mm-hmm. You should be clawing your way out of here. And it we just don't get that. We and I don't need them to like tell me that that's what's going on, but it would be nice for like Emma to counter it and just be like, this doesn't sound right. This isn't the Regina that I know. Instead, she's like, no, don't worry. We'll all be here together. It's going to be fine. Let's all hold hands and skip and sing a Brady Bunch song. Yay. So anyway. And then they kiss. And then they kiss. And they were girls. (laughs) So as Regina and Emma are avoiding the fire of the dragon who has been transformed thanks to Regina control evil serum queen controlling his heart i'm gonna keep saying it and it's never gonna get better for you or for anybody uh and i'm not gonna apologize for that um as they're trying to avoid the fire and they realize oh hey maybe if we redirect his fire toward the mirror maybe we can kind of do something henry's like hey if if i smash the mirror with my hammer maybe that'll do something both of those some things happen at the same time and that something is everything is fine and 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 they're saved but the dragon's not he's still stuck in there and they're just like well we'll get him out eventually it'll be fine the good news is is that they very purposely make sure we see when the mirror breaks and henry dives to the side he does grab the dragon's heart he did so it is in good hands at the moment um but yeah, they get him out and then like, and then, and then the evil queen, the serum queen. Oh, it's, it's bad to even say. I don't know. But <laughs> it's she, worse to say, is it worse to say or hear? 
I don't know. I feel like it's worse to hear. I don't like saying it. It just sounds odd. But hearing you say it is just really funny to me for some reason. Um, the serum queen. Serum queen. I don't like it. Uh, but she does a, you know, like, you haven't seen the last of me, Spider-Man, and like disappears again. <laughs> And so she's yet undefeated. We've done zero. We've net nothing. Like, yeah. nothing has happened. We just discovered that the dragon's alive. Hooray! Literally nothing happened. And Henry doesn't really seem to learn anything from the experience. <laughs> nope. Which I think was supposed to be the narr- the point narratively. Like, Henry is supposed to be growing as a person. And in the end, he gets his dance with Violet at Granny's with a bunch of balloons. Ugh! Come on, give us like something. I, I feel like they tried they tried to get us close because there's this whole thing where like Henry is behind Emma and Regina and the evil queen goads him a little bit like, oh, you're hiding behind their your mommy's skirts again. And he's like, no. And he walks between them. He's like, I am a man. I am strong and I am different and it's fine. And she's like, no, you have to be tough. You have to make tough choices. He's like, no, I don't. I can be a soft, awesome boy. And I mean, and again, this is me projecting, but I there's like this moment of just being like, this has a really fun generational like conversation of like, oh, I, I'm, you must be raised this way. No, I'm being raised by my two moms to be a caring, emotional person who likes other people and has empathy. I think that's fine. I'm enough. I'm enough. <laughs> Yes, Henry. Yeah, Henry's yes, enough. King. <laughs> <laughs> yes, King. Yes, and and Evil Queen, uh, Serum Queen leaves because Hook was also around, and he was kind of just occasionally like popping in. And and this moment he pops in is like, "Hey, I'm gonna stab you with my hook," as if that would actually do anything to you. And then she's like, "Okay, bye." And then she goes, and then. As Henry and Violet are having their dance at their little mini prom, uh, Emma and Regina share a moment of, hey, we were our boys growing up. Aren't we proud? Aren't we proud moms that will remain platonic because the show is set in the 2010s and we're not ready to go there yet? No. No. We're not ready. We just have, we just have one who's Dorothy. And she's gone now. Yeah, that all happens off screen. It's fine. Uh, no, uh, it's not fine. Uh, I will say, like, I loved Hook's odd inclusion in this episode because he's just sort of, you're, as you put it, around. Um, I do like, he has one of my favorite scenes is because when Emma gets poofed away, Regina, or the evil queen disguises Regina as like, oh yeah, Emma just decided to leave and kind of left a magic voicemail. Mm-hmm. On the phone to be like, oh, I left. JK, see you later. And there's like a scene of like Hook tromping through the field thing. And he's just like yelling into his phone. And he's like, last time I checked, phones worked in New York. Call me back. And I'm like, oh, yes. Angry Hook. Good. Stand up for yourself. Good for you. <laughs> I understand that it's a different situation. But he knew something was wrong. And he he was standing up for himself. Good for him. Um, he listened to that pirate instinct and told him something was not right in them waters. And he was just like, something's wrong. He was led directly to Emma's phone. Uh, but then also at the very end scene when he's making his very hollow threat, I just liked the little family moment of just being like, I'm here with my two moms and, well, my stepdad's here and, well, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and, and he's here. 
Um, yeah. So we have the dance and we find out that Violet is not apparently... Violet's not losing interest in Henry. She's struggling to find herself. She had, like, a real existential crisis watching Breakfast Club. This was really badly written. This, this was, was stupid. This was tough. This was a tough one. Uh, this stupid. All the way. Like, in a cringe way. In a yeah. real bad... Because, like, I think there's a way that it could have been done better we just we're really hammering i feel like they were trying to figure out how many john hughes references they could cram in an episode <laughs> like there was a bit and and i get it like watching the breakfast club you it stirs some stuff up you're just kind of like hey mm-hmm. i got some thoughts and you're like wow i wish i could be this person but i'm definitely this person <laughs> like you're just like this is what i wanted to be this is who i was and then you're like wow this is a really problematic thing of being like she this is who she is but if she gets pretty the jock will notice her no these are bad lessons it's fine but instead, it's just a, she doesn't know which one she is. So she's blowing him off. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, no. I think it would have made, I mean, she first says that she's having trouble at school. And if it had been more like a, yeah, I've, you know, adjusting from having literally no formal education or whatever, you know, the equivalent of what Red was experiencing in the one bedroom, the one room schoolhouse to a, an American modern high school, it's very different and I'm failing. Like I'm not doing great. And, you know, that also provides Henry an opportunity to be like, oh, I'd be happy to tutor you and we can work together and I'm happy to help you. Like we could have done something like that, like actually give her some something interesting narratively. But instead, it's just a reflection of Henry. It's like I'm so obsessed with what you're interested in that it's taken over my entire life and I can't think about anything else including you because what you like is so interesting to me which let me know if I'm I'm too far out here but like I also think that Henry being really into John Hughes is a reflection of Emma I think that when this was written it was still it it was weird that he was into John Hughes mm like, I think that's just outside of his grasp. Like, I get I get it. Like, I get having different things. Like, being into Star Wars, like, I feel like that's a different situation. But, like, I wasn't obsessed with John Hughes movies. And I'm It feels older. like a Gen X, like a Gen X writer trying to write a quirky kid. Okay. Well, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. a quirky kid be into? Oh, well, they were into what I was into because I was also a quirky kid. In 1987. Oh, no. Could you imagine if it was written today? It's just Henry. Oh, no cap. On God. It's like, what? Granny, this slaps. This this lasagna is bussin'. <laughs> no, it would be it would be millennials. So it would all be. Um, oh, God. It would be the same stuff. They'd just be using it wrong, which is what's yes. happening now. Is Mixed that- with a lot of self-deprecation. It oh yeah, but like and self-infantilizing. It, it's it's definitely the um the Simpsons joke where like Principal Skinner walks on stage and he's like, "Hey kids, what's the four one one?" And they all groan because it's uh, by the time the elders get the language, it's it's bad. We shouldn't yeah. have it. Like what, once we get it, it has to be retired. Once Abby yeah. knows it. Once Abby and Beth know it and can start using it correctly in sentences, it's gone. It's dead. They've moved on. <laughs> you already hear 
first, folks, if we say anything, it means it's not cool anymore. I've killed slapping and bussin'. Uh, or slap and bussin', uh, which are already dead as far as I know, but it's funny to say. Well, there's also that thing about, like, the videos of, like, the heads in toilets or something. <gasps> skippy like toilet. It's all my son sings. Uh, baby dragon just walking around my house all day going, skibbity, 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 skibbity. I don't get it. It reminds me of very early internet nonsense. Um, but we've watched all the videos. It's very strange and odd and surrealist. I that's exactly how I thought like I've, I've seen some people I didn't remember what it was called but I this is totally a random tangent but like I've seen some people going oh my god this is so stupid you know like you know what what are the kids into this is ridiculous I'm like we were into Homestar Runner like every generation like deals with their own like generational trauma and uncertainty in surrealist ways and this is what kids are doing now and i understand i may not understand it but that's kind of the point i don't think it's a bad thing i just it's just not for me no and i do think it's a and this is this is my uh hot hot mom takes with abby hot comma mom takes not hot mom takes from a hot mom I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's both, Abby. It's both. It's I can I yeah. But like you hot need to be take, a, hot mom takes from a hot mom. Hot mom takes from a hot mom, which means you know you can trust them. Is like <laughs> I I don't need to know and understand it. I don't need to find skibbity toilet um emotionally moving and part of my code. I need to know what it is so I understand what my son is watching. Yes. And then I saw a TikTok. I watched it four times, Beth. This is again, I'm an old woman, but it was a it was a guy making jokes about um what dance classes in this in 70 years from now we're going to look like. And it's hysterical off to send you one, but he's just like breaking down these moves like a dance teacher would and it's so funny. But one of the moves he breaks down is a Fortnite dance that the camera people in the Skibbity Toilet series do that my son has been trying to do, but I didn't know. I now know, and I taught him it this morning. And I'm like, thank you to this weird sarcastic video that broke down this move for me so I could do it. And I was like, how did you know that? I'm like, later I'll turn, teach you to floss because I'm so cool. <laughs> Please don't ask me to play Fortnite because I'm so bad at it, but I can definitely teach you the killer moves. Have you heard of this thing called the dab? The dab. dab. It's based on hygiene changes in the 2010s. Obama told us to cough into our elbow and it became a dance. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, good times. Anyway, what are we talking about? What show? Uh, We're going to talk about Belle. Oh, see, you know what? We went on a tangent out of like a mental health break. Yeah. Also spite. (laughs) Also spite. Because Rumpel sucks. This, so bad. This was in so this bad. Like episode. this wasn't even fun. Like so no. basically Bell Bell needs Bell is trying to get back to the Enchanted Forest. She thinks that she mm-hmm. can hide from Rumpel in the Enchanted Forest. So she is enlisting the help of Zelina. Mm-hmm. And then she basically like blackmails her a little bit and she's like, you know, we but she's like, we get it. You and I, we understand being in a toxic relationship and Zelina's like, that is true. I do understand being in a toxic relationship. I don't know which one you're talking about, but I do get it. Uh, and they decide that they're going to steal. The only way Zelina can help is if she has the sorcerer's wand. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. The absolute only way. Only way. Only way. Before, before we continue, this, again, it's a budget issue. But narratively, like if we if we had unlimited budget or we were writing a book, 
This would be a situation where Belle would go to her father. Oh, yeah. Because her dad fucking hated Rumple. Yeah. And if she went to him and said, I need your help. I need protection from Rumpel because uh, I'm pregnant and he's a horrible monster person. He would have done anything to protect his child. And it could have also been an interesting narrative comparison with the whole Queen Henry Regina Emma situation. If we had another parent-child protection thing. Yo, oh, a boy mom, you say? Let me introduce you to girl dad. (laughs) (laughs) Is he holding a tire iron? Everyone run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they're like, yeah, I know what we'll do. We're going to enlist the help of the greatest thief of all time. Greatest thief. Big air quotes. We meet him in the diner, and he's like, sure, I'll definitely do that. That's fine. And Jasmine's like, we don't have time to do a little light B&E. We have to go save Agrabah, even though we're not doing anything at all right now. (laughs) We're just (laughs) chilling. I feel like like she has that thing um, where it's just like, we have an appointment today at 1, so I can't do anything. Yeah, but it's 9 a.m. now. I can't do anything until 1. <laughs> I have to prepare completely for the appointment. She's like, We're, we have to save Agrabah. Okay, but that's in a couple of days. We can't take any more jobs. It's important that we don't. So we break in to Gold Shop. He decides to do it because he's like, hey, man, it's what I do. We break into Gold Shop. We get a bunch of little teaser things. Like we get mm-hmm. a monkey. Get a monkey with his little symbols. Get a little monkey. Bing, bing, bing. Uh, and also, like, he's shining a flashlight the in the middle of the shop. Robber. Um, but basically, like Rumble comes in, and it's like high stakes. Well, he's there, but like, Aladdin's there. Oh man! But then he Rumpel's leaves and he spinning gets it. some spinning straw into gold. Apparently, he's cannot like, sleep. He's like, oh, remember? I mean, he doesn't sleep. Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of reminding us who Rumple is again at his base because uh, we're spinning the gold, and then later later we make a very upsetting joke about stealing children, um, and then he's like, ah, okay, so Rumple knows fully what's going on, but we leave, we get the we get the, um, wand, the wand, sorry, and we give it to him. When we get this little cutscene of. Jasmine and Aladdin walking down the street. He's like, hey, by the way, I also stole you this. It's the genie lamp. And then they... Listen. I don't know if it's me. I would love to hear your take on this. I think this... This um, Robin Williams tribute went on three sentences too long. Agreed. Okay. I'm not going to get into it. I I I did not... So it has been confirmed, like there were some tweets from like the production staff, that this was a tribute to Robin Williams, who Correct. had died by suicide Correct. earlier that year. And I think it's great to do a tribute to Robin Williams. I mean, his portrayal of the genie in Aladdin was iconic. And it was arguably a transcendent moment in modern animation, because mm-hmm. before then... You weren't getting celebrities in animated movies. He was the first. He also got paid for shit, but that's another conversation entirely. After he did that, it completely changed what was considered like a marketable uh, actor in an animated performance. 
But saying that he's free. I, yeah. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pass. I'm not going to say anything about his, the choices that somebody makes in regards to their life. But there is some sticky situations when it comes to saying, passing moral judgment on that kind of decision that someone makes about their life. So I, I agree with you. Good or bad. And I will tell you, so this, honestly, I mean, to be, I remember where I was when I read it and I cried the entire way home from Las Vegas. Like that was the thing. It was, I had this wonderful vacation and then I saw that in the airport and just cried the whole yeah. way home. This one top, top celebrity death, like right up there, like me and Chris Farley, like right up there. I, I never liked the, I get what they're doing because it's a, it's from the show. It's from Aladdin. He's free now. Yay. But the way that it's compounded into what happened and the, the struggles that he was having and what ultimately happened, it's so much more complicated and it sounds to me, and I will say this, it sounds flippant and it sounds, it doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't sound like an honor. It sounds just like, hey, this connects and I'm going to make it to this one thing for him. And I didn't like that. So when I say that they do this and they said the line and I went, okay, I get it. It's fine. And then they just kept talking to to make sure that we knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. And this far away from it, I was, I, I was like, oh, that's nice. To It's bad. Very quickly in this scene, I didn't care for it. I don't think that this aged... Honestly, I feel like I remember not liking it the first time either. Um, but she's like, yeah, anyone could be in here. Maybe Will Smith will come out and, you know, assault a grown man on stage. Who knows? It's also kind of strange because this was the prop that apparently, according to the wiki, this was the prop that was used as Sydney's uh, lamp. But they changed the jewels around to make it clear that it was not the same genie. Okay. But like considering the whole weird narrative dissonance of the episode that makes it clear that maybe Sydney was supposed to be in this episode. It also makes it very strange that his, his like lamp is here. It's like, he's gone. I'm like, okay, he's free now. When did this happen? Sydney? So be- before we move on, you know, I just do want to kind of end on a you know special note regarding Robin Williams, just because I think I don't, you know, I understand why they did what they did, even though I think the execution was really bad. Correct. Because he, correct. he, he was such a special person. Like there's a memory, uh, a story my mom told me because, um, he lived in the Bay area, uh, oh. which is where my parents grew up. Where my parents lived. And my mom told me the story of one day in San Francisco, he, uh, she went to this like local flower shop and there's a couple, there's several in San Francisco and she was just looking for flowers and Robin Williams just walks in and he's looking, he's looking too. And he, he thought she worked there and asked her like what her opinion was of different flowers. And she's like, they're fine. <laughs> and then she, but the thing is she said he went over, oh, there's a parrot that was in the store cause he, and he was apparently a regular. He went up and started doing voices with the parrot in the middle of this little flower shop was just talking to the parrot and doing his voices. And, you know, he adopted like one of the main highways um, that like is next to the airport in San Francisco. The rainbow tunnel was renamed in his honor. Like I just, you know, I don't want to get too serious for a second, but like, you know, I, 
I do want to make it clear there is a reason they did what they did. I just think it failed in its execution. I think it was. But the intent was there. The intent was there. And I do think it was still early when when it happened. It was still like they put that in there. And I think that they hadn't like, I believe the, you know, the whole the he is free thing, like free now thing also kind of came out of vernacular like real quickly. I think that went on for like a week and then it stopped. So I think they shot this and then, again, I get it and I understand um it's just again it was a very personal thing from like me um (laughs) so but two things first i'll say the serious one um just because we're talking about it and i'll i'm gonna remind you um we're gonna put a timestamp on this to make sure that there's a a trigger warning um about this whole conversation just in case but like if if it's the holiday season reach out if you need help to Mm -hmm. i don't know the i don't know the lines off top of my head and i apologize um but like reach out to somebody you're not alone you can get through this and that's all i'll say i'm not a professional to say anything number two and i'm just gonna go back up on a high note birdcage totally holds up watched it on a plane a couple of weeks ago 10 out of 10 film yeah it's so good It's so good it's so it's so crazy how gene hackman's character as a politician this movie could be in 2023 full stop (laughs) It's wild. (laughs) Well, let's close out. Let's move on to a completely different toxic conversation. Oh, my God. With Rumple freaking geotagging his wife. Oh, this this was upsetting on so many levels. So, like, they get there Mm. and then Mm. and then Mm. and it's like, hey, Mm. I have the wand. I'm going to get us free. Rumple shows up and does the thing that like the evil queen does earlier. And he's like, no, you don't. I have it because I knew Aladdin was doing everything. Um, Anyway, girl, you're not leaving. Slaps a magic cuff on her that apparently he's like, I will always find you, which is such a bastardization of like the charming version of it which if he were actually evil like if the end game would have been this isn't correct and they are not end game would have been so much cooler of just being like yes hey they are the antithesis of what actual love is this is not true love this is awful like because he says it he says it shot for shot i will always find you yeah and that's the thing that like pisses me off the most because all of this made me very upset during our first watch, but I think we still held out hope that it that it was going to work out well for Belle. At this point, I don't give a shit about Rumble. Rumble can go just throw himself into a hole like Balefire did to get away from him. Which, by the way, hell, to, hell yes to Zelina for that wonderful one-liner that she threw at Rumble. She's like, you know, just talking oh. shit about. <laughs> no, he goes. He goes. No, I How always abandoned Balefire. <laughs> he's like, no, I always, I steal children. I keep the children. And she goes, you didn't keep your son because <laughs> he ran yes. away and then died. <laughs> like it's such, it's so good. It, it's the most vicious thing. She just stands there and he's just like, eh, 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 eh. and he's like, you will never get away from me. And she's like, no, I love. She has, she has absolutely. After this happens, I love that she doesn't get weak. She tries. God bless her. She tries. She's like, I don't care if you can always find me. I'm going to run so fast. (laughs) You're never going to catch me. You're going to like show up and I'm going to already be running. You're never going to catch me. I'm running forever. And he's like, no, you're not. You can't run and read at the same time, girl. You're not going anywhere. And then he's like, this is my son. I will steal him. It's like. Yeah. And like, I think I would appreciate this a little bit more 
if we didn't know that they get together in the end and have an eternity together in some weird dead land of with a cabin justice for bell bell but like yeah it just and the the, one of the weaknesses i feel in this whole part is bell is essentially alone everybody's there for her but they're not there for her no she should never be by herself right now she should always have it's bell buddy system somebody always has to be with bell Belle should never be alone right now. And I, I feel like it's almost insulting that nobody seems to acknowledge this. And so I will say, if we're going to talk about like weird, toxic, abusive relationships, that's usually what happens. You get singled. Like you get cut off from everybody and everyone's like, oh, she's fine. She's doing these things. But you're right because Snow does know what's going on and that there's a problem. But again, this was like always my fav- my favorite like takedown of like people who wrote Avengers fan fiction because just for anyone that's not in the know, I'm going to assume also Beth, 2012 Avengers fan fiction was always like everyone lives in the Stark Tower together and they're having so much fun and they're best <laughs> friends and they get drunk and they hang out and they're best friends. But then it was just like after like Endgame came out, it was just a, hey, why did no one check on Thor? Like why did everyone just let Thor become a depressive like person and it was just like oh because they're not friends they're workplace associates like they do a job together and they're they're not friends and that's what i feel like with bell it's like no one's friends with bell they just know bell it's like a coworker, you know and then you find out something terrible is going on you're like oh man that sucks but like that's as much as your relationship goes yeah and that's not fair for Belle because these people should be her friends. She's gone on many adventures with them. Yeah. She knows lots about it. So it shouldn't be that, but that's what it's being portrayed as because you're right. Belle should always have a girl boss near her on her own two feet mm-hmm. because, yeah, sometimes nonsense like this happens when you have an emotionally manipulative and abusive, like, partner. And you need somebody that's on the outside to be like, hey, No. Because first of all, Zelina is just like, this is probably fine. Like, he's just being a jerk. Like, she has known nothing but toxic, awful relationships. So she's not recognizing this for as bad as it is. But if Snow were there, she'd be like, girl, this, it, no, no, this bad. He's a bad guy. There's no good left in him. It's all gone. Yeah, she needs, she needs to surround herself with the ladies who tavern. Oh, the ladies who tavern? Like, semicircle. It, it would be one of those moments where they're like, you know how you need the dagger <laughs> to, like, kill the Dark One? <laughs> they would find a way around it. They would kill him out of absolute menace. They'd oh, be yeah. so mad and powered by mimosas that Rumple would disappear into thin air and the Dark Curse would go away. Like, the Dark One Curse they would, would just cease to exist. ransack his shop for the dagger. Yeah. Just cheers being thrown through the glass windows. Pawn, it's the only pawn shop I've ever seen that doesn't have uh, bars on the windows. So it's anyone's game. It's free for all. The, t- the, the dagger has to get a little bit longer to accommodate the words, the ladies who tavern after they <laughs> off him. And they are all collectively the dark ones. And they they just blot out the universe. <laughs> they all just take one turn one at a time stabbing him. And one name just keeps getting added until it's like the length of like a Sephiroth sword. <laughs> 
And then they just use it as like a party trick thing, being like, guys, watch this. Jessica, and they're holding the dagger. I command you to buy the next round. Oh, you're so bad. (laughs) I was going to do it anyway. Uh, We don't pay here. We know the owner. Let's go. (laughs) Well, we do close out on. uh, So Gold gets pissed because Zelina, he can't hurt her. It's another person who he can't hurt because uh, she apparently put a spell on his heart when she had saved him. Where it's like if he attacks her because he got pissed that she was being snarky to him because he's a bad person. So he's like, I got to I got to take care of this, but I can't end her myself. I need someone else to do it. So, Abby, I'm just going to read you the sentence from the Wikipedia. Fantastic. And I'm going to see if um, if you get any takeaways toward the wiki's author's opinion about the gold evil queen, a serum queen situation. Fantastic. Later on, back at the shop. Both Gold and the Evil Queen, upset over their latest defeats, agree to team up to seek vengeance. And, as they have more tepid kissing, Gold asks the Evil Queen to help him kill Zelina. (laughs) Someone editorialized the makey-outies, and I love it. That's the best. Whoever wrote this Wikipedia, this this Once Upon a Time wiki entry, I bow to thee. That is so fantastic. I love where it's like, I love that it's just like, yes, this is all just very basic plot stuff. And then it's just like the opinion just popped right in there because it is such a visceral feeling that it cannot not be included. Like, yes, you can't like, I'm sure it was edited out, but then it's like, this doesn't make any sense. You have to put it in. You have to. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Because uh, because apparently he can't hurt Zelina. Because Zelina, yeah. like, Uno reversed him with, like, she saved him. But, like, so if he tries to harm her, he... I love it. She's like, does it feel like you're having a heart attack? And I'm like, okay. I feel like maybe we should have called it something else. Because I think heart attack is kind of a, a, modern, a modern term for what's going on. So Zelina bandying it about... Well, I mean, that's what he had before. So I think she just Oh, knows. okay. That's I guess that's fair. Like he, that's that's what he that's why he was in the hospitals cuz he'd had a heart attack. Okay, maybe okay. 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 Rescinded, but still I just thought it was really funny to hear her say that. She's like, "Does it feel like a heart attack?" I'm like, <laughs> "Are you having heart a cardiac attack, Are you having a you cardiac event? Rumple?" Um <laughs> And she's like, "You can't hurt me." It's like, "Why can't we do this to Bell and be like but emotionally?" Every time he like emotionally hurts Bell, he like is like one of his kidneys stops working for 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, Blue. Come on, fairies. You're over at your little nunnery. Do some work. There's got to be Bell some safety. Like, because there's, like, I mean, I know that there's, we got Hopper, and Hopper's doing the whole therapy thing, but I feel like therapy's not a thing that's in the Enchanted Forest, so there's got to be all these books of, like, old wives' tales stuff about, well, do you have an abusive, abusive partner emotionally? Okay, well, if you mix the following things together, (laughs) this, this, this potion will X, Y, and Z, it'll, it'll, it'll hurt him back if he hurt, or, you know, whatever, like, there's got to be one of those, and surely Belle has read it. Yeah, she's I mean, read everything. She's read everything. Is this a foraging thing? Do you just not have the, the things? Because I'm sure every time we need something, it's somehow in Gold Shop. It's not that big of a place, but wow. It's always in there. It's always. It's bigger on the inside. 
don't don't you do that no <laughs> don't you besmirch a tardis how dare I'm you i'm not besmirching i'm not besmirching I love a tardis would never a tardis would never allow this <laughs> could you imagine it's like welcome to my tardis it's a pawn shop on the inside <laughs> what so what's going it's got bars on the little windows all right, well, everybody, that was season six, episode eight of Once Upon a Time. Oh, my goodness. This this went in directions, and I'm so happy. It makes me feel so good to just talk about everything under the sun, including Once Upon a Time. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you get those podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. And you can support us on Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes. You get bonus content. And you get personalized shoutouts. I want to thank all of our Swan Queen patrons and all of our patrons, especially La Femme Picks You Now. Thank you, La Femme. And again, patreon.com slash OUA timing if you want to join our lovely little club of baby dragons, dearies, and swan queens. We'll be back next week. If I can breathe. <gasps> with changelings. changelings now that's an that's an episode title i can get behind i don't know what it's about oh uh-oh 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 baby time the baby is on the way guys <gasps> bell's going into labor i lo- i just looked at the guest appearances oh i did not we got gotta- i did see <laughs> I did see deleted scenes. Zelina versus Serum Queen. <laughs> Upsetting. Upsetting. Everyone, oh. we'll be back next week. And Abby, I'll see you then. See you next week. Yay. <laughs>